Welcome to Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator, Jamie Moleska from The Playlist. Thanks, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, really excited to share this chat with you. Um, Maggie's plan is quite uh, a special film. Uh, Rebecca Miller, the director, has created uh, its, well, one, she's upended all expected tropes. She's created a charming, modern marriage of a screwball comedy, a drama, and a rom-com. So we'll, we'll go to the trailer and you'll see exactly what we're talking about. I got two checks this month, not that I'm complaining. So anyway, uh, excuse should I just... me, I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't help it over here. This young woman got two checks and I, I, haven't, I don't have any. You know John Harding. He's one of the bad boys of fictocritical anthropology. His wife, apparently she's some sort of monster. Wanted to return your book. Then again, I have heard myself described as a psychotic bitch, but I think I'm actually pretty nice. You know, I'm curious about you. What aspect of me? Every aspect of you. What does his wife think about that? She doesn't know about it. I think their marriage like fell apart, and now he's trapped in it. <laughs> I don't want to be married to Georgette anymore. I'm in love with you. Do you want to hear your horoscope? No. He's totally self-absorbed. I'm terrified that I'm falling out of love with him. It's too bad you can't give him back to his ex-wife, right? <laughs> Maggie, what are you doing here? John and I are in trouble. There might be an opportunity to get the two of you back together. You want to make sure you don't feel guilty, so you're going to manipulate us all. Leave, leave, leave. Leave. Please, For, you oh, you want me to leave? leave. Okay, leave. I'm leaving. Okay, leave. sorry. Why can't you just break up with him like any normal human being? Because it would be such a waste. A waste? He's not a paper product. I'm in. Fancy meeting you here. Did you write to me that you were coming? I have no idea. If I ever get another chance at love. Of course you get another chance. What are you doing here? There's no harm in us spending time together as a family. Except for isn't that the point of a divorce? That you're not a family anymore? Something about you and I'm a little bit stupid and I can't help it. Love doesn't work this way. You can't take everything and stuff it back in the box. It's the tragic flaw in my plan. I've decided to embrace the mystery of the universe and stop bossing everybody around so much. Good luck with that, bossy pants. Hello. So my dears, we'll start from the jump. Uh, a friend of yours had shared threads of uh, an unpublished, an unfinished novel with you. Yes. Then what? <laughs> in, those ch in those chapters, there was John, Georgette, and Maggie, and the basic architecture of those three, of that relationship, that love triangle, and the basic switch, the hook of the film. And so I just thought it was kind of a perfect armature to hang a, a screwball comedy on. So then, Greta, when you get the call mm -hmm. from Rebecca Miller, 
do you yeah. throw up first and then you think <laughs> no I was a I, I, I really loved um, um, Rebecca's films and I was a great yeah I was a great admirer of her also as like a a, a lady who's interested in making films that was also what sh she does is so is so great and she has a, such a unique voice and she's a true auteur and I think for me the way I choose um, f the films I want to do is really really director based and it felt like the very act of the movie coming together and me being in it felt like a bit of an act of destiny. Of yeah, I and mean, I have to just say that when I when I met Greta, you know, I had really been started to get worried that we wouldn't find the person that could really make sense of this character that could seem manipulative in the wrong hands and w wouldn't have the qualities. And I met Greta, and it was just like I it, it really was a a, a, sh a thunderclap of you know yes. How red is that? <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but it also raises those questions, uh, which I love the sort of like notion of likability, that there you don't necessarily well, we can still like you. There's still room. <laughs> There's still room for us. Um, but there can be, you're perfectly flawed. I think for the most part, I, I play characters who I, I, f I find a lot to be sympathetic with. And I think that's part of your job as an actor is you have to kind of find the corner of yourself that really understands. But with Maggie, I didn't have to look very far. I found her filled with um, integrity despite the chaos that kind of surrounds this moment in her life. So go ahead. So, so Travis, tell me a story. Uh, <laughs> well, I think every girl can learn something from a pickle <laughs> entrepreneur. No, but it's an amazing script and every character's yeah. got so many uh, unique, um, every character is so unique mm -hmm. and they're so attractive to actors and it's a great cast and I was very lucky to be a part of it. Like, I felt like you made it so unique and special, but totally, like, I know that guy who's like, <laughs> I just make pickles and wear shorts in winter. Like, and, oh, yeah. like, because it's comfortable. It was great being at the pickle factory. We went, we shot at an actual pickle factory. Yeah, yeah. And they were great people, weren't they? Characters. They were really nice. And, and the people, it turns out, have to have very big beards to make yeah, pickles. Yeah, they all outbearded me. It's required. Yeah. It's required. So we'll go uh, to the first clip, which is actually going to be between you and Ethan, where he joins you on a constitutional. Hard. No. Oh, uh, you're kidding. Yeah, Beverly says the check's in the mail. Can I join you? Sure. I knew this uh, Masai from Tanzania. You know, he was here to run in the marathon. And he t took everything about New York City in complete stride. You know, nothing fazed him until he saw a grown man following his dog and picking up his shit. And he started laughing so hard he wept. I suppose that custom could seem strange, like, out of context. <laughs> What was that? Uh, I overheard your conversation about how like is a language prophylactic. Ah, yeah. Mm -hmm. What is fictocritical anthropology anyway? Well, it is a way of writing about anthropology that blends ethnographic observation, storytelling, and like theory. Do we have to walk in a circle or can we walk around the park? We can walk. <laughs> yeah.
Now, um, you've both described uh, working together and sort of pulling Maggie from the page and from your minds and, and making her flesh as a, as a truly deep collaboration. Do you want to elaborate on that, the working process? I, like, all my favorite collaborations, I felt like Rebecca and I really got to a point where we were... Um, we melded brains, and um, that that's incredibly gratifying. And um, but then when it's over, you feel kind of um, adrift, <laughs> and like you don't really know who you are anymore. <laughs> but that's always a good. It's a good sign, I think, ultimately for, well, the, for life, the for the for art. the life of the movie. <laughs> but um, when it's over, you just feel kind of bereft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had a wonderful, luxurious period of time together where we were able to just free associate and talk about strange things, books. Like, we went shopping for a dress for Maggie once. We would this was a real girls' know. club. I didn't get would, anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we, 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 well, we did things, too, but not quite so much, you know. And, and, we, and we talked about little many things and deep things, like the fact that she be, was a Quaker was something that we actually came up to get with together. But all of the actors were sort of advocates for their characters. I mean, the same, you know, Travis, the same thing happened. There was, like, a lot of conversation about his attitude toward Maggie, how he felt about Maggie from the beginning, from way back, and his, his, you know, he filled it up. I mean, that's what's amazing about working with actors is that they fill up that thing that you made and make it so much more than you ever thought it could be, you know. Right, right. And then, I mean, in the overall, um, and I'd mentioned to this uh, to you earlier, that I feel like the film sort of hits into, uh, I, I guess it's a shift in the zeitgeist, uh, particularly, obviously, for women, that the rule book has been thrown out. There's no direct line to, to having a baby or that uh, destiny doesn't necessarily have to be pinned to some dude. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a freedom in that. There is a freedom. And I think a lot of women are feeling this tremendous sense of freedom, along with um, a, a kind of alarming sense of freedom. You know, I mean, I think it's both. Uh -huh. Because yeah. when you suddenly are able to choose so many different ways of living, um, you know, it just takes your breath away. And and there's all sorts, then also there's this, the fact that you end up with lots of responsibilities and, you know, all of a sudden other human beings are involved and all of that. But um, it's a really exciting moment. I mean, I think the film is just sort of saying, look, Look at what's changed. Look where we are now. Look at our confusion. You right, know? right, right. But I think it'll stand that people will look. It captures this exact um, moment, I think, for, for so many of us. For so many of us. Well, it I would be very it. happy if it, if it does. <laughs> I'll call somebody. <laughs> uh, so I guess now we'll go, we'll jump to, we have another clip. And this is between Guy and Greta and his sperm. <laughs> Great. It's sterile. Listen, um, I feel it behooves me to offer to do this the old-fashioned way. Considering your extreme state of beauty and um, my totally free afternoon. No, no, thank you, guy. I, ju I just think it would be too complicated, you know. Just being polite. Should I go out for a bit? Ah, 
No. Uh, just read something. Mm. I'll be back in a jiff with a jizz. Rebecca, how do you think it's absolutely uh, necessary um, for women to create their own content? I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I, I think that there's examples, plenty of examples of women who've, who've uh, shot other people's scripts. I think that you're at a sort of an advantage, I suppose, because if you control the content and people want that content, then you, then you necessarily are going to be hired because, you know, you come with it. Right. So I suppose in that sense that I, I do think that people, the women have had an advantage in that way, but I can think of a lot of women who've, you know, directed other people's scripts, certainly. Right. It's not. Um, yeah. Aside from the from the work, is it? Do you really find that it's built on uh, relationships and honesty and just being at the right place at the right time? They say, you know, it's not really luck. It's being prepared when the opportunity presents well, itself. Well, I think for me, um, what the, my luck has been that actors wanted to work with me. I mean that. Personal velocity, in a way, was a turning point because once I made that, then other people, you know, actors saw that they wanted to work with me. And then once once I started to get that reputation of being able to work with actors, that's why. And then the money followed the actors. Right. So that was my sort of thing. Um, would you would you agree that perhaps uh, Rebecca's working as uh, an actor or insight into acting helps in how she communicates? with you guys oh, well um i yeah yes definitely yeah. i mean i think so many things go into making a good director it's hard to like pick out any one thing mm -hmm. i mean i think she's got this combination as a director which is um she gives her actors a lot of freedom but she's always very clear about what she wants and i think that that's really for me that's ideal because i'm i'm not scared of uh, trying things but I don't feel like I'm screaming into a void, which like sometimes if people don't give you any guidelines, then you just feel like, well, I, I don't really know. I don't know what you want. I don't, I could do it a bunch of different ways, but what are you looking for? And so, I, I mean, I'm sure acting contributes to, her experience acting contributes to her skill as a director, but I, I really think that the, the catnip is like the writing. The but words. maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I don't know. Um, catnip? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, but uh, <laughs> the uh, the script is uh, you read so many scripts as an actor, oh, and <laughs> but you do, and then there's some that you're on the fence. It's like, is this good? Is this bad? What's it like? And then you read a script like Rebecca's, and you're like you make your judgment of those others you just read. And like this is really good script, Rebecca's, you know. But there's so many times where you question is like. Oh, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this script? And you're on the fence. Yeah. But yeah, it takes one really good script to go, oh my God, I can't believe I was considering that other yeah, one. You know? I know. Or like, you can't believe you did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Like, oh no. no. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Every script you but sort of judge on that, that um, the standard of scripts like Rebecca's. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'll stop asking questions and it open it up to you guys. How you doing, guys? Being a um, native New Yorker, I love the fact that um, this film was shot in New York. And my question to you guys was, how was it uh, filming in New York City? 
yeah, it was, I mean, it was a challenge. Logistically, it was a challenge. So it was a challenge to get for transportation and, you know, getting the trucks and, and everything like that. But it was also like, there's no substitute. You can't substitute New York. Whenever you see a movie that's supposed to be New York and is not New York, it's just not New York. When you're getting ready for a movie, how do you um, instruct your characters to step to instruct your actors to step into the character's role? Is there a certain process that you sort of go through to get them ready to play the character, or is that...? Well, you know, in this case, we got to work for a long time, at least with Greta and also Julianne. Um, and, and, and Ethan and, and Travis, in a sense, we all got to talk for a long time before. So it isn't really like a last-minute stepping in, like you're getting into a bath. It's like a long period where we're just talking. And really, the truth is, as a director, you're completely dependent on an actor coming, you know, creating a character. You can only go so far. You can meet in the middle. You can tailor a part to somebody, but f you know, as much as possible. And you can talk and talk and talk. But finally, you're dependent on the talent and imagination of an actor. And creating a part is an act of imagination. It's a creative act. And so that's why actors are both wonderful and terrifying, because you're so dependent on them. And, uh, and yet, you know, I, that's also why I love to work with them and why I have so much respect for what they do. Okay. On that note then, uh, so Maggie's Plan opens in LA and New York on Friday the 20th, and that's it. Thanks Thank for you. joining us. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you.